Welcome to the Soul of Enterprise, business in the knowledge economy, sponsored by Sage, building experiences that connect, remove friction, and deliver insights. I'm Ed Kless with my friend and co-host Ron Baker, that's him. And on today's show, folks, we are live at the ITA Fall Collaborative 2022 in Austin. Let's hear it for Austin. Great city, isn't it, Ron? It is. My first time here. I absolutely love it. I can see why people flock here from my home state, California. So. Well, I was going to ask you about that. So is, do, you, do you not have to pay income tax for your speaking engagements while you're here? Is it, you're in California. you got to pay for it in California anyway. All right. So I keep trying to get him to move to Texas, but he can't, claims he can't afford the U-Haul. Yeah. If you look at the one-way rate of the U-Haul from California to Texas, it's literally like four or five grand. In fact, the other way, it's like six hundred dollars. <laughs> great pricing, though. It is great Before this live audience, I always love doing these shows with the group, and we have a special guest who's returning for us, and that is Brian Terrell, who's the managing partner of the B Terrell Group. He was our guest on episode three ninety three, so you can listen to that by going to thesoulofenterprise dot com slash three nine three and hear the entire interview with Brian. But Brian. You've been doing subscription for a while, haven't you? Subscription implementations. That's right, that's right. So how's it going? It is. My first time here, I absolutely love it. I can see why people flock here from my home state, California. So. And this is like, and about how long have you been doing it? Almost two years? I've been doing it a little bit over two years. All right. How's the recurring revenue working for you? Uh, one of the unintended benefits that I've seen is that uh, I used to, Get yeah, if you look at the one-way rates of the U-Haul from California to Texas, it's literally like four or five grand. In fact, the other way, it's like six hundred dollars. Basically, what was it? Another cash flow forecast meeting, and it was, and it always showed us going out of business in ninety days. For some years, we went out of business every ninety days. But uh, at least since uh, about twelve months ago, the cash flow forecast has us not going out. of business in my so I think that's a result of return that's, that's awesome well Ron you have been written a, a, a new book called Time's Up hold it up show the prop to the ladies and gentlemen up there so they so far so good uh, we've got uh, maybe 20 uh, customers under that model that you like to talk about there's a difference between recurring revenue and reoccurring revenue so talk a little bit about that. It's, it's a really neat distinction. It comes from people that buy businesses or advise people who buy, buy businesses. When they analyze your financials, they will look at your top line. Cash flow forecast me. Then I'd come home to my wife and she'd say, she knows how downcast I look. And she'd say, what was it? Another cash flow forecast meeting. And it was. And it always showed us going out of business in 90 days. For some years, we went out of business every 90 days. But uh, at least since uh, about 12 months ago, the cash flow forecast has us not going out of business in 90 days. So I think that's a result of return revenue. What Brian has, where you can book it as annual recurring revenue, that's going to be more valuable. And Ed and I talked to John Warlow. Some of you may know John. He's up in Canada. He wrote a book called Built to Sell which is a fantastic book if you're looking to sell your firm. Uh, yeah, I don't know why my, my mic isn't working. Um, but if you're... It's, it's a really neat distinction. It comes from people that buy businesses. Something like he's got a database of 100,000 sales that he's analyzed, and a lot of them are in the professional space. He also wrote a book on subscription called The Automatic Customer. So he's a he's an expert in that. And you know, I'm a recovering... He says a recurring... He pays up. 
for multiples during the year and compliance work and other things. And but reoccurring revenue is kind of sketchy. It's kind of like a rash. You never know when it's going to come back type of thing. And it's val more importantly, it's valueless by a potential buyer. Recurring revenue, like Brian has, where he can book at his annual recurring revenue, that's going to be more valuable. And Ed and I talked to John Warlow. Some of you may know John. He's up in Canada. He wrote a book called Built to Sell which is a fantastic book if you're looking analyzing customer profitability or job profitability or, dare I say it, hourly rate realization. All that's out the window. This is a completely different profit formula. And, and Brian, I just wanted to get your reaction to that because you do have to think differently in this model, don't you? You do. I, I think it's a relationship model. It's not a transactional model, one that we're... Uh, we have this overwhelming desire to try to measure things, and uh, it's like going to Target and looking at the store brand and and the the name brand and and seeing what the the price per unit is and and making a decision to buy based on that. We have that tendency as well, and we trained our customers to do that. And so here we're throwing that I think to the side and saying, what is the relationship work? What what, what can I do for my customer that will uh, both increase the quality of that relationship and the length of it, and therefore the opportunity to monetize that later on when uh, it's time to move on and do something else. So Brian explained, we were, I was listening to the panel prior in this room before we went on, and they were talking about one-off projects, customizations, things like that. Explain your philosophy and bring onboarding a new customer and they need something right out of the gate. How do you handle that? We are able to uh, include that in our discovery and uh, take into account what uh, our portfolio of customers uh, like them uh, have taught us over time. So we can classify them in a specific group and then we can look at the length of those customers' life uh, engagement with us and the amount of money that we've uh, uh, been able to earn by that relationship over time and just apply that to the typical uh, or atypical in this particular case we've got a special project nature of that particular of that client and feel like that it's all going to work out okay there's some faith in it uh, but we give our customers a an option to terminate their agreement with us with six months written notice but we reserve that option as well so we're never tied up with golden handcuffs with them one way or the other. And so we can make a mistake. They can make a mistake. Mistakes are tragic because turning around a mistake in our business is like changing the direction of an aircraft carrier. It takes a long time. Nobody likes it, but it's possible. So we are uh, pricing the portfolio. And there are port in included in our portfolio are those types of special projects. And you just kind of consider that when you do that additional work that would be, say, over and above the subscription monthly amount, like if you were charging separately for a one-off, you just kind of chalk that up to customer acquisition costs, don't you? Sometimes, you know, it's, that's been a, a difficult uh, uh, topic for me, the, these, these onboarding costs, these initial one-time costs. They, they remind me, I think I shared... Uh, shared it this way the first time I was with you and Ed on the show. It's like uh, it's like the uh, cable company. I call them up and I say, hey, I want to have fiber. 
brought into my house and they will they will say hey that's no problem uh, 59.99 a month or 129.99 a month whatever it is how much for implementation or installation implementation in our world installation in theirs and they say it's 189 dollars but if you'll uh, go ahead and commit this month we'll throw it in and then they'll quickly follow that up with, and if you'll even sign this week, we'll give you a $250 Starbucks card. So are those costs to them, or is that a revenue line of service for them? It's a cost to acquire me, I think. And I'm beginning to think that our initial onboarding costs of our customers are no longer a profit center as much as they are a cost to acquire a customer. Yeah, I think that's a great way to look at it because it changes from the math of the moment. Oh, we're losing a ton. You know, we're losing our shirt on this job to no, we're building this lifetime annuity. And there's a, an amazing statistic out there from the Subscribed Institute that says if you have a customer that is engaged and, and stays a member for one year, you have a 90% chance of keeping them for life. That's pretty significant. So am I willing to put in some labor upfront cost? It's not really costing me anything if your people are on a salary because you're going to be paying them regardless of what they're doing. So it, it seems to be like a good investment. And it removes a bunch of friction up front. We don't have to micro-analyze this particular event like uh, our life depends on it. We can look at this as just an event, a small event, in what will probably turn out to be a nine or 10 year relationship with this customer. And that will give us plenty of opportunity to recapture whatever the costs of the moment. Let me just clarify something here. I want to make sure. So what you're saying is that it's not even that you don't do profit per engagement or profit per customer to run a P and all that. You think it would be disadvantageous to even try to do it. Yeah, we don't. Who are our best customers? Who are our worst customers? I can tell you that without any of those pieces of paper. And because I have a six-month early termination option, then I'm not worried about it. Outstanding. Love that. Well, uh, Ron, in your book, one of the things that you put forward is a definition of a subscription-based pricing model. So I want to share it with the group. We've got about four minutes till our, our first break. But here's the definition. Ready? A periodic recurring payments forever increasing value and serial transformations. There's a lot there. Unpack that, Ron. Yeah, that's a suitcase term. There's a lot to unpack there. Uh, obviously, subscription works best when you have recurrent, when you're creating recurring value. So one of the challenges that Ed and I always talk about is how could a funeral home go subscription? You know, fast, I guess, funerals as a service. Uh, I think there's a way to do it. I just don't think we figured it out yet. But if you are providing recurring value, then that's one, that's one definition. And then, of course, you get into this idea of ever-increasing value. And this is a concept that we took from Walt Disney, his idea of plussing, constantly plussing the park to delight the customer, to bring them back, to show them new things that they hadn't experienced before, like the you know, Christmas electrical parade. or He was constantly plussing that park. He said, because I can do this with the park because it's a living, breathing thing. Once I make a movie, put it in the can, it's done. I can't touch it. That's what drove him nuts. That's why he wanted Disneyland, because he wanted to constantly plus it. And that's, of course, become part of their TNA. And I think it's the same thing with professionals. We need to constantly plus our offering, because if we go into the market with just a standard common offering, we're just going to command a 
a common price. But if you go into the market with an uncommon offering, something that gives the customer a frictionless relationship, something that gives them peace of mind and convenience, where we're no longer wasting their time, then I think you can command very uncommon prices. And people will pay for that level of service, and they'll pay handsomely for it, as Disney and other outfits uh, you know, show. So that's what we mean by that definition. All right. Well, we are up against our first break. want to remind those of you that you can get a hold of Ron or me by sending an email to asktsoe at verisage.com. Go to the website, The Soul of Enterprise, where you can see show notes as well as previews to upcoming shows. But right now, or you can look at our Patreon channel where you can see our show commercial free or listen to our show commercial free, as well as our bonus episodes that we do each week. If at a certain level, you can get a shout out like Geraldine Carter did. Geraldine Carter is available at the Business Strategy for CPAs podcast. Check her stuff out at GeraldineCarter.com. And now a word from our sponsors. Be sure to friend us on Facebook. You can do it right now. Visit Facebook.com forward slash Voice America or search for us at keyword Voice America. Have you ever read a book that changed your life? I sure have. Have you ever listened to an advertisement for a book so many times that you question the existence of God? Me too. Hello, I'm Greg Kite. I recorded the advertisement for Ron and Ed's book, The Soul of Enterprise Dialogues on Blah, 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 Whatever. And four years later, we're all tired of it, especially me. But thankfully, there's a solution. For just $10 a month, you never have to hear my voice again. For a commercial-free version of The Soul of Enterprise, go to patreon.com slash TSOE and subscribe now. Sage provides accountants with compliance, reporting, and analytic solutions to do more for their clients. These solutions include education programs such as the Sage Accountants Network Client Advisory Service Program. This program delivers the tools to create, package, price, market, and deliver additional services to clients, increasing your profitability and delivering more value to your clients. Let Sage help you grow your business by visiting sageaccountantsnetwork.com. Hey folks, Ed here. Ron is far too modest to tell you about his new book with Paul Dunn, so I'm just going to have to go ahead and do it. Scheduled to release on December 8th, Time's Up, the subscription business model for professional firms, is going to rock the world like the firm of the future did two decades ago. While you can't get the book until December, you can join the pre-order club by buying the book and sending us your receipt. Benefits start in August and will continue through February. For more details, visit thesoulofenterprise.com slash Time's Up. We don't follow, we lead. Join us, the Voice America Influencers Channel. You are tuned into The Soul of Enterprise with Ron Baker and Ed Klass. To find out more about our show, visit us on the web at thesoulofenterprise.com. You can also chat with us on Twitter using hashtag AskTSOE. Now, back to The Soul of Enterprise. Well, we are back on the Soul of Enterprise here at the ITA Fall Collaborative 2022 in Austin, Texas. Let's hear it, Austin. All right. We're going to be coming out and getting your audience questions in just a second. But first, I want to talk a little bit to Ron about something that's in that definition that you mentioned. And this is this notion of serial transformations. Unpack that phrase. Folks, this is a killer idea, and it's actually 26 years old. And it comes from a book called The Experience Economy 
by Joseph Pine and James Gilmore. We interviewed Joseph Pine on the show, so you can go back and listen to that episode. But he basically laid out a hierarchy of value in his book. And so there's there's commodities, you know, pulling weed out, oil out of the ground. There's goods where you take maybe different commodities and blend them and bake bread, for instance. And and this gives you pricing power. This decommoditizes, um, you know, the prior offering. Well, how do you decommoditize a product? Well, you wrap a service around it. Well, what happens when your service becomes a commodity? Well, you wrap an experience around it. So this is why the book was called The Experience Economy. So think about what Starbucks did with coffee. It greatly enhanced the price of coffee because it was a third way. It was a third place to go in between your office and work where you could enjoy a book, meet a friend, have a chat. And that's an experience. But what happens when your experience becomes a commodity? You know, been there, done that, got the T-shirt, don't want to go back type of thing. Well, now you move up to the highest level of value, in Joseph Pine's opinion, and that is transformations. That is when you take the customer and you guide them from where they are to where they want to be, some desired future state. And when you guide that customer through that transformation, they have to want to change, they have to be willing and able to change, and you have to be able to do it and guide them, but once you do that, you change that person forever. It's like, you know, the, the historian who said you can't step into the same river twice because not only is the river changed, but you've changed as well. And so when you provide a transformation, it's deeply effectual and personal, and it changes the customer. The customer is the product. The services that we perform as professionals in, in my world and yours are just a means to an end. It's really the transformation that customers are after. It's kind of like when a friend or a loved one has a baby. <laughs> Nobody wants to hear about the labor pains. You want to see the baby. But our business model not only tracks the contractions and the labor pains, we bill for them. And the customer doesn't care about that. The services are just merely a means to an end. So one of the things the subscription model forces you to ask yourself is what we call the revenue model question which is what are, our, what are our customers paying us for? And they're paying us for transformations and results or outcomes. They're not paying us for a scope of work. You are all much greater than the sum of your scopes of work, I promise you. There's much more value than just the scope of work. And that's what the subscription economy moves away from. So I'll let Brian ring in on that. <laughs> Holy cow. There are inputs, which are the billable hour, a little bit of elbow grease, something that I add to a process. There are outputs, that's a financial statement. And then there are outcomes. Outcomes are ethereal, they are nearly spiritual, they are hard to grasp, they're intangible. Our outcomes look like fully informed financial decision makers. That's a great outcome. A fully informed financial decision maker is a very happy customer. And the outcomes that I think you're referring to, those transformations, they are so much more possible when a relationship is emphasized as a result of an ongoing and deepening relationship. And the whole subscription revenue model aligns with that very well. I am focused on wanting to enhance and extend 
a relationship with a client. That's why it works for me. I'm better at relationships than I am sales. I appreciated what uh, Jason said this morning uh, as he was contemplating uh, the adoption of a subscription revenue model some years ago. He realized that he was a, a better gatherer than he is a hunter. That's me. Gatherers are nurturers and relationship folks. And so it just appeals to me. I can't imagine, I know that one of the big surprises to me has been that not everybody wants a relationship. And when a customer self-identifies, a prospect self-identifies up front as someone who doesn't want a relationship, they've done themselves and me a favor. And we can go a separate direction. And I will say that that's only 20% of the time. People want to relate. And, and I think that's, the, that's, that's a part of this transformation process. And just one more thing on that. The, the, what I like about the transformation, it also takes, you know, what keeps the customer awake at night or solving problems. All professionals are great at problem solving, right? We're good at it. We know what to do when a customer's in trouble and their system's down or the IRS is chasing them or whatever it is. But, folks, if all we're doing for our customers is solving problems... We're just reverting them back to the status quo. We're not advancing them. Transformations allow you to advance them and progress them, move them into a desired future state and guide that transformation. And that's the apotheosis of, uh, apotheosis of value. I mean, that is as, that's as good as it gets here on the mortal coil. We asked Joe Pine, is there anything higher in terms of value than a, than a personal transformation? He said, Ron, not in this world. That's for the other world, whatever your beliefs are. Um, and that's why I'm so excited by this transformation idea, because it's really powerful. And we can use the language of transformation to market and communicate with our customers. And it just reframes our value in a much higher perspective. And like Brian was saying, this puts the relationship at the center of the firm. That's all that matters is that relationship. You're nurturing that relationship because relationships are either growing or they're dying. And so in a subscription model, you probably have fewer customers. Your pricing is probably two or three or four times higher than it is now. But you're actually helping people, which my guess is is why you join this profession in the first place. Brian, before we, I run out to the audience, I want to see if you would address one other thing for us, and that is what has changed about the way that you manage, quote, manage projects or engagements in the organization since moving to subscription? Uh, we use different vocabulary. Uh, we uh, don't worry so much about fully scoping them. When I say different vocabulary, we, we tried to ban, Ed, the word project from our vocabulary. I love it. In preference to or in uh, favor of relationship uh, or even if it's uh, say an implementation, a sprint. Uh, a sprint implies a product backlog which also implies a continuation and maybe a second sprint uh, which is once again in alignment as Ron mentioned uh, in of a relationship way of thinking. And so we, we manage with different vocabulary, we manage with different documents, we manage with different uh, 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 sense of urgency is different. We don't, have to, we don't have to fully scope things as if this is the last opportunity we're ever going to have to get this right. No, we have 
we have if if our relationship's going to last nine or ten years, we have nine or ten years to get this right. And if we're relating to our customer, they're going to enjoy that nine or ten years as much as we do. We think. So all you know for sure is that the first thing you're going to do is get the chart of accounts loaded. <laughs> After that, it changes depending on what the customer wants to do first. We, we yeah. How how do they prioritize the top three items on the product backlog? That's what we'll work on. All right. Questions so far out there? Anybody got got one? Want to lead us off? Start us off? All right. I can do. I can count on you. <laughs> All right. Let's see. If uh, ooh. Transformation. I had a question about that. Um, I'm wondering if you could give an example of any company that you know of or that we might know of who has reached that level of of, of a uh, of an offering. That what a fantastic question. Not many. Not many. Because a lot of companies are constrained by a product or a service. Even Starbucks. Starbucks now has these things called Starbucks Reserve. You know, you can Google that and see these pictures of the one in Chicago. It's like four or five stories. I know there's one here in Dallas or, or in Dallas. And uh, sorry. And Starbucks Reserve. Char Howard Schultz built it. He said because I want to create the Willy Wonka of coffee. But he's still now he can take me up to a forty fifty dollar coffee drink, okay, which is much higher than he's getting at Starbucks. But he's still constrained by a physical product. Porsche Drive. I can subscribe now to Porsche. One-on-one -on -one relationship with the company, not the car, the company, and have access to seven different models and trade them out as much as I want. I call up Porsche, say, hey, take, come and take my convertible away. Bring me an SUV. I got friends coming over. They want to go wine tasting. They'll white glove out an SUV, take my convertible away. They pay for everything except gas and tolls. And I can do that as much as I want. Now, that might help my middle-aged crisis. But it's not going to transform me. I mean, it may for a while as I piss off my neighbors and all that, but it's it's not a true transformation. I would say you'd have to look at companies like personal fitness trainers, plastic surgeons, and I think accountants, and I think lawyers, and I think other professionals can transform people. It doesn't have to be anything grand. It can be as simple as helping get my kid into college, help me build my dream home, help me grow my business so I can sell it and, and retire sooner and enjoy the golden years and travel with my spouse and all of those things. I mean, these are all transformations, and you guys do this every day. We just don't use the language. We talk in terms of scope of work, you know, and, and the customer doesn't care about any of this. The scope of work is irrelevant. Like Brian was saying, it's really about just doing whatever the customer needs and keeping your eye on customer lifetime value because that's what's going to make your firm more valuable when you go to sell it, not 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 a sum total of scope of work. So here's the the, the problem for me is that I've I've made a career run out of talking about scope of work, right? <laughs> and I'm telling you, I don't think you should talk about it anymore because it's really covered versus uncovered, isn't it, Brian? Yeah, yeah. Talk about covered versus uncovered. We got about three minutes. We have two columns uh, on our uh, proposals that list all the different things, not in very much detail, but some detail about what the customer might have ex might expect. Simply because few of our customers are doing this now for the first time; they've done it before. So, what is included or covered within our price? And it's one price per month, and what's specifically not covered? And so, we have a checkbox by the things that are covered. 
and uh, that's most of the things on the on on the in the table, and we just are pretty clear on that up front. But it's not a five or six or seven page scope of work. Awesome. Well, thank you, Brian. We're up against our next break. I want to remind you folks that you can get a hold of Ron or me by sending an email to asktsoe at verisage.com. The website, again, is thesoulofenterprise.com, where you can see show notes, previews to upcoming shows. I mentioned our Patreon channel before, and in addition to a shout-out, we also have a sponsor at our Patreon channel, and that is 90 Minds. Any 90 Minds people in the house? All right. Need a mind? Find a mind, get one at 90minds.com. And now, a word from our sponsors. Voice America is on your favorite smart speaker. If you have Alexa or Google Home, go ahead and give us a try. Hey, Alexa, play Finding Your Frequency podcast on TuneIn. Sage provides accountants with compliance, reporting, and analytic solutions to do more for their clients. These solutions include education programs such as the Sage Accountants Network Client Advisory Service Program. This program delivers the tools to create, package, price, market, and deliver additional services to clients, increasing your profitability and delivering more value to your clients. Let Sage help you grow your business by visiting sageaccountantsnetwork.com. Have you ever listened to an online radio show that changed your life? I'm required to say that I have. Have you ever stopped listening to an online radio show because the commercials were mind-numbingly repetitive? Of course you haven't because you're here right now. Look, you don't have to listen to me anymore. There's a commercial-free version of this show, and it only costs $10 a month. And for $15 a month, you get no commercials plus bonus content. Go to patreon.com slash TSOE, subscribe now, and be free. You're worth it. This is the Voice America Influencers Channel. Be inspired. You are tuned into The Soul of Enterprise with Ron Baker and Ed Klass. To find out more about our show, visit us on the web at thesoulofenterprise.com. You can also chat with us on Twitter using hashtag AskTSOE. Now, back to The Soul of Enterprise. And once again, we are live at the Fall Collaborative of ITA 2024 in Austin. All right. And we've got some questions from the audience, so let's go. Hi, this is a question. Oh, let's make sure we're on here. That was my fault. My bad. My bad. This is a question for Ryan. I'm interested that you've done this in the last two years, right? So I'm... I'm really curious about the, it sounds like you care a lot about the language that you use with the customer. You don't want to say the word project. We're focusing on the concept of transformation. It's not just problem solving. So I'm just curious about how you initiated conversations with customers that were current customers to invite them to consider this different model, which would change your relationship with them. I'm just curious how you how you chose to initiate those conversations, if there's any language that you were really thoughtful and careful about as you invited them to consider this change. Thank you. That's a great question. The easiest way to initiate this conversation with an existing customer is when they come to us and say, we need a new report. And uh, we 
now are ready to go through that typical old way of doing business where we scope, uh, design, uh, bid, and propose the solution, the report, whatever it happens to be. Or we, we begin to talk about them, about a product that we now have, which we call B. Terrell Smart Reports. B. Terrell Smart Reports, Ron, will write any report or design any dashboard that you imagine. Anytime during the year, all you have to do is send it to us and place a reasonable demand around it. If you ask us to do five reports by December 10th, we're going to consider that unreasonable, but I think you'd consider it unreasonable as well. And so now we're talking about a subscription opportunity. We've converted an old way of doing business into a new way of doing business conversation. That has worked not all the time, but it's certainly the easy way to begin the conversation with existing customers. Ron, talk a little bit about uh, how you to the three ways that you can transform your organization to subscriptions. So talk about those three. Yeah, this came up this morning when I was doing a pre-con workshop down at Digital CPA. Um, there's essentially three models that you can use to pivot to a subscription. Model A is when you spin out a new entity and you put all the subscription in there. It's got the new leg, it's got the new systems, the new accounting that's required, the new dashboards, the new pricing, the new language. Uh, you might take people from your, your legacy firm and put them over into the new venture if they're so inclined, or you may not. You may go out and hire all new people, but you spin out a new entity with the goal that eventually the new entity will completely cannibalize the old one. Andy Grove, who I'm sure you all know, the late Andy Grove, used to say, if you're going to be cannibalized, it's better to dine with friends. And what he meant by that is, of course, if you're going to get cannibalized, it's better to do it to yourself before you're made obsolete by an outside competitor, because what kills us doesn't look like us. If you doubt that, just ask Gillette, owned by Procter & Gamble, ask Procter & Gamble how they feel about Harry's Razor and Dollar Shave Club. At one time, Gillette had like an 85% market share. I believe it's in the 20s today. So that's a disruption. Model B is when you say, okay, we're just going to take some of our customers or maybe some of our services and move them over to subscription. It's a gradual pivot model. And then Model C is when you do the full-on Adobe. You say, as of this date, we're no longer selling box software. As of this date, we're no longer going to support it. Everything's going to be in the cloud. And if you're going to remain as a, a box user, then you're on your own type of thing. Now, when it, you remember this well, I'm sure, when Adobe did this, man, their stock took a hit. The analysts went crazy. Nobody understood the model because they were changing the business model, which means they were changing the profit formula. Of course, today they're flourishing enough to pay for, what was it, Ed, Figma? $24 billion for Figma they paid for a company that has $400 million annual recurring revenue. Run the multiple on that. Uh, kind of amazing. So those are the three models. You know which one has the highest probability of success? And again, Teenzo from Subscribe has, has got all the data to back this up. It's spinning out a new entity because it's really hard for a company to disrupt itself while it's flying the plane. 
it's got to create a skunk work. It's got to it's got to go outside of the legacy mindset and the legacy systems and the legacy management. There's no room for timesheets in this model. There's no room for job profitability, like Brian was saying. It's the overall portfolio. It's the customer lifetime value that you have to constantly pay attention to, as, uh, along with churn. You know the number of customers you lose. So. That is the highest probability of success is creating a new enterprise. And look, I know that's difficult. People groaned when I said it this morning. You're probably out there groaning as well. But nothing about disruption is pleasant. I mean, it's hard work. But that's the highest probability of success. Model B, the gradual pivot, that's the sure road to failure. We Very rarely do we see that succeed. Very rarely can you just do a little test. Because, look, it may be low risk to do a little test, to move two customers over. Let's see how it goes. <clears throat> but if it's low risk, what is it also? Low return. you got to kind of go all in on this. It's You can't be half pregnant. This is not a fee-for-service model. This is a subscription model. It's a different animal, different profit formula, different revenue model. And so... And, and by the way, the Model C, like Adobe did, we are seeing, Ed, aren't we, Apple, HP uh, does this with Inc. They have 11 million subscribers. Uh, Disney has got subscription with Disney Plus and ESPN and even their parks. You can subscribe to Disney Parks. It's called Magic Key. They don't promote it very well, which I don't understand. But the point is that they have a hybrid model. But most firms in our size... We don't have the managerial talent nor the resources of a Disney or an HP. Well, Ron, uh, no no conversation of subscription between you and I could be complete without you talking a little bit about Dr. Paul, because I think that's such a great example of what we're, we're trying to do in terms of transformation. So share, share a quick Dr. Paul story. We've got about seven or eight minutes left in this segment. Okay, uh, folks, this was my North Stars. I wrote the book. I just can't, because, look, we've already got the empirical evidence on this model for professional firms, no matter what type of professional firm. And that model is the direct primary care physicians, that these are general physicians, and they have completely walked away from the fee-for-service model. You know, our general physicians are in a fee-for-service model. They're paid by the insurance company or the government or even sometimes by the patient for the services they provide to you, for what they do to you, not what they do for you. And I think this was one of the distinctions that Brian was getting at when he was talking about the relationship. It's not what I can do to you or an output. It's what I can do for you. And these DPC doctors... And we've interviewed one of them, Dr. Paul Thomas in Detroit, Michigan. He charges less than $100 a month. He's a general physician. He's got 600 patients maximum. That's that's key because the average physician in the United States has a panel of patients of around 2,400. That's why you get to spend five minutes with your doctor because he has to see 50 or 60 people because he's got to be on that fee-for-service treadmill all day. And that's not why these people entered the medical profession. So Dr. Paul came right out of residency, started Plum Health in Detroit, and since we've known him over the last four years, he's added two more doctors. He's about to open up a second office and add two more doctors. Each one of those doctors will have 600 patients, and that's it. They have no waiting room in their office. You can text him, FaceTime him. You can email him. 24 7 365 he will come to your house your office he, he can handle same-day appointments emergencies 
and he's all in. The average appointment with Dr. Paul lasts over an hour because he's not just there to get you better when you present with a problem, like most fee-for-service doctors are. He's there to keep you healthy. That's his transformation, is keeping you healthy. Keeping you healthy, preventive medicine. So now enough, there's 1,800 Dr. Pauls across the United States. Amazon just bought, what was it, Ed, one medical, uh, which was a nationwide DPC practice. Uh, so they're they're moving big time into this space. And the demand for these DPC doctors is overwhelming. My dad just joined one, but he had to wait a year. He was on a waiting list to get in. And they are, it's an awesome experience, absolutely awesome experience. But they don't take insurance. They don't have any of the bull crap, bureaucratic paperwork, billing code, e- 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 EMR records, all that crap. They've done away with it because it doesn't add value to the sacred doctor-patient relationship. And, folks, I think that's the model. Now, you come to Dr. Paul, he's not going to be able to do cardiac surgery. He's not going to be able to cure your cancer. He's a general physician. His, he stays in his lane. He does what he, he does what he knows. But if you need those other things, he gets you in touch with those specialists and he'll even coordinate the care. He acts like a train conductor, making sure all the medical care you need gets there on time and safely. And that's what these guys do. And he says, he talked to us four times on the show and he said, this is why I became a doctor. I, he said, relationships don't scale which I think is a profound statement. He says, I can't have 2,300 relationships. Then I'm not doing what I entered this profession to do. Now I'm living what I, what I entered this profession and why I became a doctor. And I think that's the model. We need to just tell the, tell the customer, whatever you need, if we can do it, we'll do it. Peace of mind, frictionless, convenience. And that's an uncommon offering, and it will command an uncommon price. Uh, from your perspective, talk a little about uh, scaling of what you are facing potentially from a scaling perspective. Right. In, in the relationship model, uh, we need to uh, develop relationships uh, with that are deep and extensive. And that means that, like Dr. Paul, we can't have unlimited relationships. So I have to figure out, we have to figure out a way to make uh, our consultants into relationship builders and maintainers as well that's a challenge and uh, because a lot of uh, uh, those folks are behind the curve really on our appreciation for this business model change I get up every morning and drive to work I'm thinking about this all the time what can I do to improve the relationships that I have with my, my my customers they're possibly not as focused on that. And so that's part of the culture change that uh, is uh, a, a business impact of, uh, of a, a switch to or a contemplation of a switch to the subscription revenue model. All right. Well, we are up against our last break. want to remind you again that you need to get a hold of Ron or me by sending that email to asktsoe at verisage.com. Website again is The Soul of Enterprise. Show notes, previews to upcoming shows and the like. Our third and final break is sponsored by my employer, Sage. Follow us on Twitter at VoiceAmericaTRN. Get the lowdown on guests, new shows, and your favorites. That's VoiceAmericaTRN. 
Sage provides accountants with compliance, reporting, and analytic solutions to do more for their clients. These solutions include education programs such as the Sage Accountants Network Client Advisory Service Program. This program delivers the tools to create, package, price, market, and deliver additional services to clients, increasing your profitability and delivering more value to your clients. Let Sage help you grow your business by visiting sageaccountantsnetwork.com. Have you ever been so annoyed by a commercial for a $5 ebook that you were willing to pay $10 to never hear it again? I sure have. Hello, I'm Greg Kite. Over the last several years, you've come to hate me, and I hate me too. By now, you know that for $5, you can get a copy of Ron and Ed's book. What you might not know is, for twice that much every month for forever, you can stop hearing me plug Ron and Ed's book, which totally makes sense, like the diamond water paradox. Go to patreon.com slash TSOE and subscribe today. Please, for the love of God, make it stop! Hey folks, Ed here. Ron is far too modest to tell you about his new book with Paul Dunn, so I'm just going to have to go ahead and do it. Scheduled to release on December 8th, Time's Up, the subscription business model for professional firms, is going to rock the world like the firm of the future did two decades ago. While you can't get the book until December, you can join the pre-order club by buying the book and sending us your receipt. Benefits start in August and will continue through February. For more details, visit thesoulofenterprise.com slash time's up. You are tuned into The Soul of Enterprise with Ron Baker and Ed Klass. To find out more about our show, visit us on the web at thesoulofenterprise.com. You can also chat with us on Twitter using hashtag AskTSOE. Now, back to The Soul of Enterprise. And we are back live on The Soul of Enterprise at Fall Collaborative from ITA 2022 in Austin, Texas. How are you doing, folks? How are you? All right. Uh, Ron, back to you. I just wanted to, to ask you a little bit. What what was the most surprising thing when you wrote the book that you came across that you didn't know when you started writing the book? Oh, wow. Um, I don't have a good answer to that other than maybe the last chapter where I talk about what's next. Because, look, business models aren't static. Subscription is just a way station to something else. Now, I don't know what that something else is, but I'll give you a couple hints. Ed and I talked to, on the show, um, the person that's building the University of Austin. Right here in Austin, Texas. uh, Starting classes next year, right? They're starting enrollment. And they have a program where whatever your major is, once you graduate, whatever your your field's median salary is, if you don't earn it, if you don't earn that salary within, I think it's three or five years, they'll make up the difference. They're guaranteeing your outcome. They're guaranteeing your outcome. There's a couple drug companies, big drug companies that have done drugs that can prevent heart attacks and strokes. And they've sold into America through Medicare. They've sold in through the National Health Service and in the UK. And they say, if you're on this regimen, and it's probably about 12 grand a year, and you get a heart attack or stroke, we refund your money. You're paying for performance. You're not paying for promises. You're not paying for marketing signals. You're paying for performance. 
And folks, that's where we're headed. Imagine the day where you're, you do whatever it is for your customer and they just pay you what they think it's worth. I mean, I, I don't know, but I think to think about what's beyond subscription is a really interesting thought experiment. And I just don't know, but I, I, I will assure you that we'll, we will be delighted and surprised by it, just like we were moving from value pricing to subscription. Brian, back to you on something. I wanted, you've said you've been doing this about two years now, so you've been through your first, let's call it renewal period. Talk a little bit about how that went with the, with the, with the customers. And even come back to you and say, hey, we just need to lower the price now. <laughs> well, haven't had that happen yet, thankfully. Uh, time is, 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 uh, I guess the, the jury's still out on how it's all, uh, going, how my renewal rate will continue to, to be, but so far it's been a hundred percent. Uh, but that's just through one and maybe a couple of, mm-hmm. of, of renewals that are, that, that have happened twice. So the way I solved this problem is I eliminated renewals. And, uh, it, it just dawned on us one day, all we have to do is create contracts that never end with our six, except by a written notice, six month written notice, and we don't have to renew anymore. And the unintended benefit of that is the elimination of a big decision by a customer every year. They just have to make a big decision if they want to go a different direction, which they haven't made yet. But presumably that day is coming. But they don't have to every year reevaluate. Do we want to do this again, Ron, or not? No, we have just sort of eliminated that. Mm -hmm. And I'll tell you, the customer service manager loves it. No more renewals. Holy Separated God. the pricing, the, the cognitive load we put on the customer with the pricing every year, and we've separated that from the workflow that you do. Mm-hmm. They've already made the decision to subscribe to you. That's done. They're done. I, I think, Ed, one of the surprising things I learned in researching this topic was if you make it very easy for the customer to cancel, ever notice that every touch point you get with Amazon Prime or Netflix or Hulu or whatever, there's a cancel button. Why would they keep putting that in front of their customer? Because in, in a weird kind of counterintuitive psychological way, it, it builds the customer's trust that they can leave any time. And therefore, they will be less likely to leave if they know they can walk away at any time. And, and that, I think, is very interesting psychology. If you sign somebody up for one year, you've got a 90% chance of keeping them for life. Question here. So, if you have no renewals, have you ever had any price changes? Prices are partially related to the order schedule. So, as the as in that, that takes care of us for inflation, that takes care of us, uh, at least partially for expansion. I have twice as many users. I have an order schedule that is presumably higher, and therefore my subscription. Uh, Adjust to that change. So you have you have periodic order review. We immediately cover. Let's say we had a customer that decided to add inventory control. We immediately cover that and then reprice for that on the on their software renewal date. So our subscription for uh, we call it B Terrell Smart Assist is going to go up because the order schedule amount went up. 
we just don't want to do it in the middle of the year. We want to do it. We want to be on. We want to be coterminous, or at least price uh, changes. We want them to occur once a year. Another question. Come in. Hold on. Kind of a two-part question. Uh, when you talked about the three models, I'm assuming that Brian fit into the C model, which no, the B, the B model is the least like, the B model is the, the gradual pivot. That's the road to failure. C can work if you're like Adobe. So, yeah, Brian, you can. That's scary. Gary, you're telling me I'm most likely to fail. <laughs> I mean, that's, I'm sort of a, of a hybrid. We just, we said everybody from this point forward, is going to be under the new model, and we're going to do what we can to. It's the same way we we went from Sage 300 to Sage Intact. We didn't fire all our Sage 300 customers, but we're constantly working to to upgrade them to Sage Intact. And everybody from that point forward in 2013 is a Sage Intact customer. So we're we we drew a line in the sand. We don't do business the old way with new customers anymore, and we're working like crazy to bring the others along. Percentage? Yeah, thirty percent probably. It's not as high as we'd like, but it's also a process and not an event. The event. That's why he's saying I'm possibly going to fail. I'm going to have to call on you later for a little psych- psychiatry. It's impressive that you made the conversion. Well, thank you. Even though it was the highest risk. Yeah, it's not easy to, to do a gradual pivot like that. I've seen some bookkeepers do it, but bookkeepers only have 20 to 30 customers. So it's kind of easy for them to make the transition. Um, I still, you know, I would advise spin out a new firm, but that upsets a lot of people and it sounds like a big hassle. So um, the gradual pivot might work, but you really got to be committed to it. And I think Brian's really committed to it. Like you say, he's not going back. One of the things we talked a little bit about this earlier, though, is this notion, and you alluded to it, uh, Brian, that in this model, and Ron, I want you to talk about the the income statement that Teenso puts forward, cost of goods sold is now forward-directed. It's not in the current period. So talk a little bit about that. A lot, of, a lot of accountants here, and I think that's an impactful conversation. Right. When you look at the income statement for a subscription business, the first line is annual recurring revenue that, that's from the prior period, the prior year. And then it backs out the churn, the amount of revenue you lost from customers who left, who canceled. And then it divides up your expenses into cost of goods sold expenses, like recurring expenses, labor, technology, those types of things. And then it's got sales and marketing. So you can figure out cost of customer acquisition because CAC is a huge KPI in the subscription world because it's compared to customer lifetime value. And then it adds in new annual recurring revenue from new customers that have signed on or maybe upgraded to a different tier. And then it ends on ending balance of annual recurring revenue. So it's a forward-directed, like the stock market, it's a forward-directed income statement. And it puts churn right on our radar screen. It puts... Uh, the tools that we need to determine customer acquisition and customer lifetime value, which has to be modeled. That doesn't come off the income statement, but it has to be modeled. But that's what becomes vital. 
in these businesses. So the accounting is no longer about matching. I can't tell you what a disaster matching has been uh, from my profession. I mean, it's it's a complete ridiculous idea because I, I remember talking to the bookkeeper who set up a concierge medical practice and she'd get a check for $3,000, you know, the monthly amount. And she go to the CFO and she goes, what did we do for this patient? She was trying to code the check to various revenue, various, and the CFO would say, we did whatever the patient needed. He's not paying us the three grand for what we did to him. He's paying us for our access and our knowledge and our his ability to access on demand. And she just couldn't wrap her head around it. She wanted to code that check, but it's not about matching. It's about customer lifetime value. We are out of time here at uh, live at a Fall ITA Collaborative, off in 2022. Uh, but right now, I want to let you know that next week on the show, Ron, Ron will be talking to Greg Kite and talking about the Dan Ariely problem. Oh, geez, Greg Kite, that's scary. I know. It's going right. to be fun, though. All right. All right. See, See you next week. See you seven hours. This has been the Soul of Enterprise, business in the knowledge economy. Sponsored by Sage, building experiences that connect, remove friction, and deliver insights. Join us next week on Friday at 3 p.m. Eastern, that's noon Pacific. In the meantime, please feel free to visit us at www.thesoulofenterprise.com. Thank you.